Welcome back, friends. Lost Grav here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby Right Back At Ya. As a main through line to the podcast, we'll be talking about the Kirby Right Back At Ya anime, as it was 100 episodes, that's something to be consistent. But in time, we'll go over everything else about Kirby, like the Kirby games, of course, every single one of them, going deep into the lore, the making of each game, all that stuff. That's going to be like multiple episode stuff, especially with the deeper lore in the future. And other things eventually, like Kirby Cafe, Train Poo Poo Poo, Kirby Diner, like, uh, was it Waddle Dee's uh, store? Just all those things. We'll talk about those, too. It's going to be hard to talk about those because it's mostly in Japanese, but I'll try my best to get just translation information and things like that. Eventually, I'm going to want to talk about the Kirby manga as well. I need to get translations of that as well because it's only fan translations. There is a lot of Kirby out there that as the more you research, the more you find. I didn't know about the manga. And the manga is really cute and really funny. It's really good. The action is great. I cannot... When we talk about the manga and however time it is till we talk about it, that's going to be really fun to talk about. There's a lot of good stuff in the manga. Kirby talks in that. He's really cute in that. The action is amazing. Like, there's a Kirby versus Marks fight, and it is amazing in manga form. Holy crap. But that's going to be over the years. We'll be talking about all this stuff. We'll also talk about how laboratories and stuff like that. And we're going to be talking about Kirby's Dreamland very soon. Not sure which episode it'll be, but it's coming up very soon. The holidays are also happening, so we've got to worry about that. But also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we've got the at Kirby Dreamcast Twitter handle, and we'll have automatic tweets about the podcast there. And at times, if anyone tweets at us, I'll reply through that Twitter account as well. But there'll also be a bot working there, and I just need to figure it out. Still working on that bot. So first up in the podcast, let's talk about some news going on with Kirby right now. And the first one's got to be... As of the release of this episode, Smash Bros. Ultimate will be out, also known as Kirby World of Light. And I am just super excited to play that story mode. It'll be on the main channel. Like, if you watch these on YouTube, it'll be on that channel. That's where it will be. And I can't wait for that, because Kirby's going to be the big hero of this. It's going to be really exciting, really fun. Cannot wait. I'm going to be playing that. I'm going to be streaming me playing that for basically three days straight. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to live and breathe Kirby and Smash Brothers for that long time. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm super hyped for it. But what's out before that is, of course, Wave 3 of Kirby Star Allies. If you don't have Smash, you're waiting on Smash when this comes out. You can play Kirby Star Allies Wave 3 if you own that game. And in that is the new mode, which is really cute. And it's, I forgot the name of it right now, but it's like another dimension. And with it, you play Kirby with every power. And you also play with every dream friend in that. There's some pretty fun and challenging puzzles in that. If you want to collect every heart, but you don't have to collect every heart. Uh, for another thing I'm going to talk about, but of course I'm going to 100% the game, so I'm going to get every heart. But you fight alternate bosses of various bosses in the game, and I won't spoil who the bosses are, but you fight alternate versions of them. They're really hard. They're even harder than the regular ones, which is pretty cool. Good challenge there. But there's one big awesome secret i got to tell you, because you won't know about it, and that is you can be the original Kirby. With the line face and everything, you can be that Kirby in Wave 3, and that's pretty cool. What you have to do is you have to just beat... The new mode in the game, you don't have to get every heart, but you just got to beat the new mode. And if you've beaten Soul Melter, I think you just have to unlock Soul Melter, I'm not sure. But if you have Soul Melter, or if you have to beat it, in the ultimate choice, which is the boss mode of the Kirby game, if you have all that, if you've beaten everything and you got Soul Melter, you can unlock Soul Melter Extra. Soul Melter Extra has an amazing face on Kirby, by the way, when you unlock that mode. And you have to fight every single boss, including the new bosses. And these new bosses are a lot harder, too. So you have to go through a ton of boss fights, harder boss fights, 
beat all of that, and if you can, you unlock original Kirby. And he's just so cute and everything. It's just really cute seeing the original Kirby in the newest Kirby game. And uh, the way it works, you just switch between them uh, on the menu screen. So you can just be original Kirby at any point in the game, which is pretty cool, or switch over to regular Star Allies Kirby. So you can go from the first Kirby to the newest Kirby, and that's pretty cool. But it's going to be really hard, so good luck. Oh yeah, one more thing is I wanted to recommend a Twitter this episode, and that Twitter is at KirbyDraw. This is a person that draws Kirby almost every day, and they're not great drawings, but they're super cute drawings, and they warm my heart, and that's why I'm mentioning them. And I hope to see them do a lot of drawing as time goes on. So let's talk about a voice actor now, and that's going to be the... Uh, today's episode is going to center around Chief Bookham, so we'll talk about him and his wife, because I don't know if there's going to be prominent episodes about her. So first up, his wife is named Buttercup. She's named Sato in the Japanese version. She's voiced by Madoka Akita. We talked about them uh, last episode in episode 9. They're the voice of La 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 and some random characters coming up. And she's a nice lady that loves her husband. In the American version, her name is Buttercup, and she has an accent that I can't place. It's like an older accent, some like from like the Roaring Twenties kind of an accent. They can take your badge, but not your spirit. You're right. I'm a cop. And they can't padlock my pride. Right. There's the chief I married. I want to say Catherine Hepburn, but that's not exactly the right voice. And she's voiced by Lisa Ortiz, who, like other voice actors of the show, were pretty active at the time. Her best-known roles are Deadlit in uh, Record of Lodos War, Tony Tony Chopper in One Piece, Surrender Wheeler in Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Amy Rose in Sonic X, and various other roles. Now for Chief Bookham, his name in Japanese is Chief Boren, and he's in every single episode. He's a tall guy, he's got like a, a, an officer uniform, he's got a big old mustache, and he's just the authority figure in the town. He just looks like an authority figure, and that's what he is. He's usually seen with the mayor and Professor Curio, sometimes Kawasaki, and he's the only form of justice in Capitown. He has one criminal in jail who's named uh, Domo or Dono, and that guy, we see him on occasion, and that criminal can actually break out of jail at any time whenever he wants, and we've seen him do it before in the uh, DDD episode. In that episode, we actually see him break out of the jail when he gets surprised. And yeah, that guy can break out anytime, and we will see him do stuff with that in the future. Chief Buckham doesn't really give Kirby and his friends much trouble. They're more just members of the, of the town, and he's looking after them. He gives more King Dedede trouble. He, st- he tries to get him to stop harassing the town, like we saw in last episode, where he's like, it's illegal to do body snatching, stuff like that. Usually he sees Kirby as, well, a helpful figure who can help protect the town. That's really what he sees him as. He's voiced by Jerry Lobozo. I might have pronounced it incorrectly. In, in episodes 1 through 75, and in episodes 76 through 100, he's voiced by Andrew Rennells. So Jerry Lobozo didn't really get a lot of voice work, unfortunately, for him. He did some random characters here and there, but his longest-running character was Chief Bookham. Andrew Rennells, on the other hand, is an award-winning Broadway singer. Like, he's a Broadway actor, singer, you know, they do singing and dancing and all that. He's won a Tony Award as lead actor in the Book of Mormon musical, and he's won and gotten nominations for other roles as well. What's interesting is, I'm curious how this voice change is going to be when we get this episode 76 in a couple years, because it's going to be 75 and 76, and I wonder how I'm just going to be like, oh, hey, it's different now. Another interesting thing is, he's also the voice of Rick and Nightmare in the anime. His first role ever, by the way, is pretty nuts, because he's from Street Sharks. That is his first voice role ever. And his third role ever is Mako Tsunami from Yu-Gi-Oh! But he's also, like I said, the voice of Rick and Nightmare. And we hear Nightmare a little bit. We'll hear Nightmare more near the end of the show. 
Now, of course, we hear Rick on occasion. He's got that Australian accent, which is funny. I'm just curious what Bookham's going to sound like because of that. Now, the Japanese voice actor is Atsushi Kisaki. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Atsushi Kisachi, who is also the voice of Meta Knight. He's done a lot of voices over the years, but nothing that really stands out, especially since most of these aren't major roles. They're mostly extras. But his big role is Meta Knight, and he's the voice of Meta Knight in all properties. He's the voice of Meta Knight in the games. He's the voice of Meta Knight in the cartoon. He's the voice of him in everything. So good for him on getting that voice. Now, today we're going to cover episode 10, Hail to the Chief. In Japanese version, it's called The Renewal of Police Chief Boron. Yeah, I like the American version better on this one. First up, we see the townsfolk talk about how boring it must be to do road traffic when no one has any cars. Because we see just Chief Bookham in the middle of the street just doing flag trafficking, and there's nobody there. What's curious about this conversation is it's between Gus and Gengu. Gus owns a gas station in town, and you know, he relies on people buying gas, so... <laughs> He needs traffic to exist, and there's, like, nothing there. So it's a very weird job he has, is he's only servicing, really, the mayor and King Dedede, and I guess if people have gas-powered generators or something, that's about it. That's interesting when you think about the economy of that town. Like, that's all he's servicing. I guess he makes enough off those, too. So they see Chief Bookham as a dependable person, but today he's not gonna be. Because Chief Bookham's gonna fall asleep on the job, and as he does, King Dedede's gonna be coming up the road on one side, and the mayor's going to be driving up the road on another side. And they drive towards the intersection, and neither of them break for some reason, and they have a car accident. Somehow they don't see each other, or they just don't care, and bam, they crash. In the Japanese version, Gus and Gengu actually try to warn the drivers first, but this is cut in the American version. And bam, they crashed into each other, and the mayor and King Didi start yelling at each other. They eventually look at Chief Bookham to decide who's at fault. King Didi even says not to cut him any slack. But to their surprise, Bookham is asleep, and when he wakes up, he tells them they shouldn't be crowding the street, they could cause an accident. He gets yelled at by the mayor for sleeping on the job, and King Dedede is pissed. And we cut to the intro. By the way, in the Japanese version of this, it's a little different, because King Dedede just straight up says Chief Bookham should arrest the mayor. Instead of saying don't cut him any slack, he says, arrest the mayor. He's like, really? He's like, because he's the king, that's what he wants. And so it's interesting seeing that difference in the American-Japanese versions. Here and there, stuff like that. So after the intro, which is awesome as always, we get King Dedede, and he's just pacing around angrily. He's really mad about what happened. He blames Chief Bookham for the accident, not himself, because of course he doesn't. And Escargoon jokes that it's a good thing King Dedede has so much belly fat, or else he would have gotten hurt in the accident. Which gets him hit by King Dedede, of course. King Dedede decides he's gonna fire Chief Bookham, but somehow the village gets wind of it, which is weird. I don't know how the village learns about it. I guess they just assume King Dedede's gonna fire him. Because we cut straight to the village saying, Yep, uh, Chief Bookham's gonna get fired, and that's a damn shame. And Kawasaki laments that's the end of his donut sales, and Tuff hears about it from Gengu. And so just word gets around town very quickly, because it's a small-knit community, and we cut to Tuff talking to his gang, which is Iro, Honey, Spikehead, and Kirby sometimes. And he's saying they can't let King Dedede fire the chief. The kids ask why, and Tuff says it's because he was a commando in the Rough Ranger squad, and we see a picture of Chief Bookham, and he's just doing a bunch of military training stuff. And he's just a bigger, more muscular cappy in this shot, and it's pretty cool looking. And Tuff wants him to keep his job because he's a hero. And so we get this voiceover of Chief Bookham talking about the Rough Ranger squad, and that they got through in a lot of jams and everything, and that they always try. That's their motto. So I guess they're a bunch of anti-Yodas. Tiff, though, says this can't be true because she's never read about any wars in Cappy Town. And Tuff is convinced that Tiff's book is, must be lying because the chief told him himself. But Tiff thinks that it might be the chief who's doing the lying instead. 
Still, Tuff is unmoved, and he decides to make a plan with his gang to help the chief out. Now, in the Japanese version, it's kind of interesting because they're called the Ranger Corps, which I guess it just sounds better, Rough Ranger Squad, and I think it does roll off the tongue better. But Tiff also says in the Japanese version that there hasn't been a war in a long time. And I'll touch on that later on in the episode, like near the end, uh, when we get more about the differences between the Japanese and American version uh, later on in the episode. But for now, it's Tiff doesn't think he's in the squad because there's never been a war, while Tuff thinks he's been in a squad because Bookham himself told him that he was in the Rough Ranger squad, and we'll go from there. But it's also interesting to learn that Tuff's hero is Chief Bookham. Like, he's really into this commando figure, and there was a war and everything, and so it makes Tuff this typical G.I. Joe kind of fan kid. And it makes sense because his name is Tuff, after all. And we're going to see in some episodes where he doesn't feel like Kirby's acting enough like a warrior. And it was like that in, like, the first or second episode as well. He was like, you're not being a warrior, he should be doing these other things. So you cut to everyone outside of the chief's house, and they're watching through his windows, and they're murmuring a bunch of comments. Like, it's a shame he's going to get fired and stuff like that, and poor guy. And the chief notices them, and he's just feeling pretty down about it. And he goes up to his wife, and Buttercup says he'll always be a hero to her, and he's done a lot of good over the years. And we see her holding a photo album with him helping people and catching the criminal dono. And she inspires him to get back into his pride. And so he's got his pride up again. And then the phone rings and Chief Bookham is called to action. So the sheep are back and they're causing some trouble because they're stampeding out of their fence. Like there's a hole in the fence, they're stampeding out and the shepherd's freaking out. So Chief Bookham comes over there. He's got a big net and he catches them all and brings them back into the fence and they fix up the fence and close it up. And there's sheep jokes. Like he's saying he'll bring them back in sheep shape. He says uh, if they need help with their inmates again, let them know. Things like that. He's like, it's very odd that that happened, where they just, some, a fence got broken, and they got out. But we got to see the sheep again, and he, this is the start of a crime wave. Because we see Kirby with Chuff's gang, and they're all happy because they're starting their crime wave, and this is going to make Chief Bookham relevant. Now, the next crime happens at Chef Kawasaki. He's getting water for a customer, but no water's coming out of the sink, and he's not sure why. So he looks closely, and a fireball burns his face. <laughs> Whoa! And he's like, he's dazed from that, but someone wants their pancakes made, so he goes to make pancakes on his stove, and water gushes out of the freaking thing. It pushes a frying pan into the air, and the frying pan lands on his head and he gets knocked into the ground. And so Kawasaki's having a bad time. Chief Bookham investigates and he sees that the gas and water got switched, and he thinks there's a pyro aquariac on the loose. And Kawasaki implores him to find the criminal. And we see Kirby happily hopping with a wrench in his hand since it seems he was successful in what he did, and that's a pretty dangerous crime he just committed. Tough and the gang pull him away before anyone can notice him, and it's really cute seeing a happy hopping Kirby. He happily hopped when they did the, the sheep crime, and now he's happily hopping again when they did this crime. And it's on to the next crime. We next see Tough and the gang run out of Professor Curio's place with paint buckets and brushes, and Kirby has paint all over his face, and he slips and splat right onto the ground, and he face plants... And he face paints the ground with his face. Tuff comes back, quickly rubs it out, and then pulls Kirby away. And so what we see is the paint is removable. Easily removable at that. So thankfully, because of that, Kirby doesn't leave any incriminating evidence behind, which is very important, because then the jig would be up. And then we see Bookham with Curio. And the place is wrecked. There's vandalism everywhere with just paint all over the place. And they even painted Curio while he was sleeping, which is pretty funny. Bookham rubs some of it off of Curio, and notes that it's removable paint, and he's wondering, why would they vandalize with removable paint? So, we see that Tuff and Kirby are causing all this mayhem with the gang, 
but they're not trying to cause too much damage or hurt people. Of course, they did horribly burn Chef Kawasaki, but still, I guess they don't care about that. But they're just trying to be more innocent in the crimes they're committing, but they don't know what they're doing, so they're also causing horrible crimes at the same time. And then Chief Bookham gets called to another crime that the kids committed, and this one might be a bit much. Because what we see is that the kids put up a bunch of signs on a grocery store that says free stuff and just go ahead and take it all. And so this dude's entire stock has been taken. Now we've seen the owner of the store a few times. His name is Tuggle, and his life is pretty miserable from what we can tell. Sometimes we see him with Gengu on occasion, they'll talk to each other. And both are voiced by Maddie Blostein, the voice of Meow. In episode 7, his store was wrecked by Dinoblade, and he blamed Kirby for that. And I'm sure it's going to happen some more in the future as well. So, this guy got completely robbed thanks to the kids. His entire store got taken. Like, everything in his store got taken because everyone thought it was for free. So that's a big ouch. And the trip was pretty fast as it happens, because what happened was, Tuggle says he went to the back of his shop for just a minute, and during that time, they placed the signs on the doors, people saw the signs, and they ran in and took everything. So dang, people work fast, but of course free stuff does work fast after all when you think about it. Tuggle says he doesn't understand how the king wants to fire the chief when just so much crime is happening. And Bookham knows that there's been more crime now than there has been in the last 10 years altogether, so holy crap. So let's take a minute to think about that. This is a very nice town, or the people keep secrets really well. Bookham's only job is well to be a cop, so there's only one criminal in town he has that guy in jail all the time, so what the heck's going on? But then again... Yeah, it makes sense no one does any crimes, because they're all under the oppressive rule of King DDD. He causes so much trouble and mayhem for everyone, that they have to work together and live peaceful lives for what little time they have to do that, because King DDD terrorizes them a lot. This is a happy, but potentially depressing town. <laughs> Next, we get a montage of Chief Bookham running around town trying to deal with the crime spree. The kids are robbing bikes, they're robbing people's houses, they're just causing all sorts of problems. And it's only five kids, so these kids are real go-getters, by the way, because wow. Let's think about Kirby for a minute as well. He's been running around causing all sorts of trouble with the biggest, cutest smile on his face and hopping around happily the whole time. So Tuff is a very bad influence on Kirby. Thankfully, he also has Tiff and Meta Knight there to make sure they raise him right, I suppose. So the gang are celebrating up on a tree, and they're happy about the fact that they've caused so much trouble that Chief Bookham is relevant and he won't get fired. And we see Kirby happily hopping again, and he's just really happy. And you can tell that he can't wait to do even more mayhem. Not good. Not good at all. But before they can do more crimes, Tiff confronts them, and she's positive they're the cause of all the crimes in town. But before she can go further with her accusations, the king shows up. He decides to completely dismantle the police force. That's what he's gonna do. And Like, the townsfolk show up when the king's there, and he's like, he's gonna decree to just dismantle the police force. But Chief Bookham's like, you can fire me if you want, but you can't dismantle the police force, not when there's a crime wave. This is very interesting because in the Japanese version, he talks about restructuring the police force. And in reality, this is very topical at the time, because around this time, the Japanese prime minister was Kozuki. And at the time, he was talking about restructuring the police force, and he went ahead with that in 2000, which was a little bit before the show. And so the townsfolk are resisting this because they need Chief Bookham to deal with the crime wave, and Escargoon and King Didi are not sure what to do. And in the middle of all of this... Kirby sees a beehive. Now, I say that with quotation marks because those are actually wasps. This is a wasp nest that Kirby's dealing with, but they call it a beehive because I guess four kids didn't think kids know what bees are? That's all I can think of. So in Japanese version, it's a wasp nest, it's wasp, but in the American version, it's a beehive, and they're bees, despite there being wasps. But that's what's going on. Kirby sees this beehive, and he starts playing with it, 
and he breaks it off the tree, and he falls down holding it, and he drops it right on Escargoon's head. So Escargoon's head is stuck in this hive, and this is horrifying, because all Escargoon can see is a bunch of angry bees staring at him, and they attack. Escargoon just starts booking it on the tank, crashes into the tree, which pulls Tuff out of the tree, down onto the tank with Kirby, and then he goes in reverse and they drive away. So Kirby and Tuff are stuck in the tank with Escargoon and King Dedede driving around haplessly because they're getting hit with the bees. By the way, King Dedede yells that this is a bee blitz, so let the bee jokes begin. <laughs> What's nuts is this is like the nine minute mark of the episode, and then things get real fast. Chief Bookham goes and commandeers the mayor's car to save them. Luckily, it just got fixed, but that's not great for the mayor because like, oh, come on. <laughs> the rest of the gang jump in the car with Tiff. And Bookham's like, no, I can't have you guys go with me. That's dangerous. But they're like, they're all buckled in. They need to go. So he's like, all right, fine. They'll all go together. Got back to the tank. Escargoon's eyes are swollen shut from getting stung so much. So he doesn't know where he's driving, but he's driving. And that's not great. A funny thing is, he's driving. There's a bunch of mayhem going because he doesn't know where the hell he's going. And this is causing a lot of bumping in the background. And Kirby's just happily hopping in the background as this is all happening. This is the fourth time we've seen Kirby happily hop in this episode. He's having a very fun time this episode. Eventually, though, King Didi gets frustrated with uh, Escargoon's bad driving, and he actually kicks him out of the tank, and Escargoon face plants into a rock wall, and that's gotta hurt. His eyes are swollen shut, and he hits a freaking wall. Ouch. But guess what? There's a reason why Escargoon does all the driving, because King Dedede is a really bad driver. He actually drives them up a wall, and they do, uh, like, a bit of a ramp loop, and they fall down, and they're still driving, he drives them into a lake, and the lake takes King Dedede out of the tank. So now it's just Kirby and Tuff in the tank, and that's not so great. But a moment later, Kirby actually sleeps out of the tank as well, and it's only Tuff in the tank. And he's trying his best to drive in that thing, but he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He actually cries out that driving's a lot harder than it looks, and we see the tank drive towards a volcano. Uh-oh. That's not good. That's not good at all. Now, while looking for them, Chief Bookham learns from the kids that they caused all the trouble to make him relevant, since Tuff sees him as a hero, and he's a ranger. Chief Bookham's a bit nervous about hearing that ranger part. He's like, oh, oh, uh. And then they see a happily hopping Kirby. That's right, five happy hops from Kirby this episode. And he jumps on the mayor's car, and they ask where Tuff is, and Kirby points in the direction. And Chief Bookham's alarmed, because Tuff is heading towards the Buma Duma Volcano. In Japanese, it's just Mount Kilauea, which is an actual place. But in this one, it's Boomaduma Volcano, which I think is just a much more fun name. And we see Tuff driving towards the volcano top. And we cut back to the mayor's car. They're worried about him. They, they're going to go get to him. Like, he's just cutting between the two of them real quick, just to show Tuff is like, oh, this isn't good. And back to them, like, oh, well, they're driving towards a volcano. Maybe Tuff will be okay. Cut back to Tuff. And he's driven off the volcano top. He's now in the volcano, falling to his doom. Now, in reality, the heat of the top as he's falling in would kill him. Just so you know, kids, that would kill him. So be safe around volcanoes. When we get back to the mayor's car and they arrive, they see the tank, but they don't see Tuff anywhere. And then they look inside the volcano and they find Tuff's lifeless body on a rock next to the lava. Thankfully, he wakes up because this is a kid's show. He says knowing that Kirby has killed many monsters in this show and many more to come. And Chief Bookham decides he's going to go down there. So he goes and finds a rope. Tiff thinks they should summon the Warp Star because Kirby should deal with this. But Meta Knight shows up for some reason and he says they should give the Chief a chance to prove himself. Why is he here? Why is Meta Knight here? I guess 
if some chaos is happening, he's got to make sure everyone's safe. I assume Meta Knight's a big reason why people have been okay in this town before Kirby showed up. Because holy crap, is King Dedede a big problem for the town? And I guess he expected Kirby was going to have a power or something for him to explain here. But there he is. He's right there. And he says, let the chief handle this. And so the chief ties a rope to the mayor's car and he ties it around himself. And he climbs down to save Tuff. The kids in Med Knight are holding onto the rope as well to help out with the chief. And the chief's climbing down and then he slips and falls to his doom. But thankfully, everyone pulls the rope in time and he only burns his butt on the lava. And they pull him up. He climbs up to the rocks and he climbs up to Tuff. Tuff is convinced now that Bookham really was a ranger because that was a really impressive jump there. <laughs> and uh, Bookham's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally from that. And then the townsfolk somehow show up very quickly. I don't know how fast these people are, but they show up at the volcano now and they're watching as well. And Lady Lycan and Cerebrum are there too. And as she sees her son, yep, she faints and her husband has the catcher. At this point now, Chief Bookham has tied the rope around Tuff and he calls for everyone to pull him up. But as they're about to rise, the volcano has a little eruption and burns the rope. Uh-oh, now they're totally gonna die. But Chief Bookham says that a ranger never says die, they always try. So he ties Tuff to his back and he climbs up the rock wall, and this is pretty impressive. He's climbing up a rock wall while a volcano is just going behind him. It's getting ready to blow or something. It's gonna kill them if they're not careful. And they're climbing up, and the townsfolk note at his bravery, and they cheer him on. It's like, Bookham can do this, it's great. And he's making great progress up this wall. And as he's climbing up, Tuff says he's got to turn himself in for all the crimes. And Bookham admits that he's been lying too. He actually got rejected by the army, and he apologizes to Tuff. So there is an army in this world. That's very interesting when it comes to Tiff stuff, is that Tiff didn't think there was an army at all, because there's never been a war. But we get here that, like, there is an army. That means there's more Cappies somewhere else in another part of town. Not another part of town, but another part of the world. And they have a military. And for the Japanese version, it's not that that's what happened. It's actually that his older brother is the ranger and not him. And so he used him for the inspiration instead. And so it also goes with the earlier thing, how they, ha they have a military and they haven't had a war in a long time. So they still got a military in the Japanese version and in the American version. But Tiff's a bit weird on her information there. And I guess it's just because they just didn't want it to be that there's war in this world, I guess. It's very weird what Four Kids did here. One of the few times I feel like Four Kids didn't do it right for the... American version of Kirby. It's just very odd. But he admits to that, and it's alright. He's he's trying to save him and everything. And right after he admits to his lie, his back gives out. And that's not good. As someone's had their back in the past, uh, you don't want to move at all when your back gives out. It is not a fun time. So they're stuck on the rock wall, and that's not good. So Medanite finally gives in. He's like, alright, Tiff, calling the Warp Star. And she calls the Warp Star, and it's on its way. And while they're holding out, Bookham actually says he wishes he was a ranger. And Tuff says, yeah, it's probably way safer than this. And they laugh, and then they slip and fall to their doom. Oh my god, they're falling to their death again. But luckily, the Warp Star shows up, Kirby gets on it, and he catches them in time, and he puts them back up top with everyone, and they land, and they're safe. And everyone gives a bunch of praise to Chief Bookham for being such a hero. The mayor even calls him the bravest man he's ever known. And Tiff and Tuff hug. And it's just sweet to see everyone reunited. Bookham's wife shows up and she says, He may not be a rough ranger, but he's rough enough for her. Oh my. So everyone's celebrating. But then King Dedede shows up and he says, It's time for his decree. The townsfolk won't have it. They're not going to have him get rid of their chief of police because he's kind of important to everything. He's a rock in the community. He's protecting people. 
He wants to save Tuff right there. He's an important person in the town. And Kirby goes ahead and sucks up the decree with his vacuum ability, because Kirby needs to suck at some point in the episode, and he chews out the piece of paper and spits it out. But King Dedede won't take no for an answer, and decides, fine, he'll just shoot them all with his tank. Yup, he goes straight for murder. He's gonna kill everyone with his tank. But maybe he's gonna aim high and just scare them, who knows. But he still goes ahead and takes the shot. But nothing happens when he pushes the fire button. Why is that? Who knows? Until a beehive pops out of the cannon. That's right, somehow the beehive got in there, and we see the bees again, and Chief Bookham says, Company B, arrest the crooks. And they go for the king, and they drive off running away from the bees, and they get stung in the distance. So everyone cheers happily, and the episode ends. Very curious that Kirby can chew, by the way. Like, we saw that in episode 7 as well, where he's biting into things. That's probably just the anime doing this, because Kirby doesn't chew in the games. I've never seen him chew anything. It's just very odd to see him do it. So that's the end of episode 10. I really like this episode a lot. We got some good comedy here, a lot of mayhem going on in action in some form with the rescue going on. Pretty good stuff. And we got a lot of background on another character in the form of Chief Bookham. These episodes give the town more depth, making the characters more alive and less two-dimensional. I really appreciate it, and I'd definitely give this episode high marks for that. So next time we'll be going over either episode 11 of the anime or the first gaming episode, depending on time because of holidays and just research on the games and everything. Things are pretty heavy in December, of course, because all the holidays. So we'll see what comes out next, but it will come out soon with the first game being Kirby's Dreamland. But for now, this is the podcast, and if you have anything you want to comment or say to, at us, please do so on YouTube or at the Twitter podcast, at Dreamcast. Soon the bot will be working and running, so that'll be doing occasional tweets as well, and also respond to tweets directed at it at in times as well. If you don't know where you can find the podcast, it's currently on YouTube and Podbeam. We'll make efforts to put it in other places. Just search Kirby Dreamcast and you'll find it pretty easily, I think. And next episode, by the way, is going to cover another character, and that's going to be Chef Kawasaki. And it's got plenty of comedy, and it has some action in it as well. There's going to be a monster to fight, and it's going to be pretty good. And I can't wait to talk about that one. But that right there for now is the podcast. I had fun talking. Hope you had fun watching and listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. (laughs) 